This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only two-time PWG Battle of Los Angeles champion, King Ricochet, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling, with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 176. My name is Nick Howell. And coming to you live from California, where battling for brand supremacy means arguing over organic quinoa producing companies in the aisle at Whole Foods, I am Sir... Good dangerous Lord. and welcome <laughs> to Busted Wide Open. And today, Nick, we are going to go home to Survivor Series, at least for Raw. WWE's main roster had... Uh, yeah, we got two a, more shows yet. We got two more shows before we go home to Survivor Series. We got So one out of three is out of the way, and we had some major developments on this show, so I can't wait to talk about it. We also got to talk about New Japan's World Tag League, yes. or Tag World League, or World League Tag, or whatever. Is going Fuel on rod. over in New Japan, and uh, that's happening right now. We got to talk about that. Plus, we have some major news, including your boy did a little, little bit of investigative journalism this week, hmm. and uh, yeah, so that's going to come up in our other news segment. We'll get to that at the end of the show. But first, Nick, let's do a little housekeeping so that we can get into the meat of the show. Yes, indeed. Well, guys, come over and join us on Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open on Facebook. Like our page and send us a join request to get into the discussion group. It is the hub of our operation and where you'll find links to things like our Discord community where you can find live, real-time chats for every promotion across the board, non-wrestling-related stuff like music, TV, movies, all kinds of good stuff, and dedicated channels for all pay-per-views for live chat during the show for our watch parties where we... Uh, live chat with uh, all of our all of our good friends everybody's welcome come join us on our discord community for like takeover war games and survivor series happening this weekend discord is going to be a bustling place so you want to make sure go ahead and get signed up get your account and profile all set up get into the discord because it's going to be a busy busy weekend oh for survivor series and war games this weekend uh, you can also find us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast, streaming live right here on YouTube every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern at youtube.com slash open. Make sure you hit subscribe and jingle that little bell for uh, notifications for when we go live or post up new videos as we have been putting up smaller clips over the last few weeks. So I hope you guys are enjoying that. Our little hot yeah. takes 
yeah. section that we're uh, we're cutting out some choice segments of our larger show for more digestible content. But yeah, we're on that race to a thousand subscribers. We're tr- trucking right along. Looks like we're about a forty percent there. We got about six weeks left if I'm doing my Steiner math properly this this week. So. Yes, youtube.com slash busted wide open. Make sure you subscribe. Thank you very much to everybody for, for getting us there. Uh, and last but certainly not least, uh, I need to take a moment because today's kind of a big day. Uh, Patreon has announced a brand new holiday that they unveiled today, <laughs> which is the hashtag thank you patrons campaign. Yes. And I just wanted to take a, an extra special moment above and beyond what we normally do to say thank you. Thank you, patrons. Thank you guys for being the fuel that runs this machine, for having our backs for the last, I don't know, 18 months, almost two years since we initially launched our, our actual patron Patreon. And uh, you guys have been awesome contributors through all the toil of this year, through the issues and everything that we've done and been super supportive. But we're here. We made it. Yeah. And you guys stuck with us the whole way. So hashtag thank you, patrons. You guys rock. Amen. Uh, the phenomenal ones. That's right. Uh, Ian, there's a lot going on. It, oh, I should say, if you guys would like to get in on some of that, I almost forgot something there because I, oh. I got so emotionally worked up. But there's some very important news that we need to discuss. Survivor Series and War Games is happening this weekend. Oh, what yes, do we do, is. Ian, what? when we have a big four pay-per-view? We have the oh. patrons pick them challenge that's right if you are a patron you can get in on this and if you're not a patron you should become a patron so you can get in on this that's right all of our patrons are set against each other and us in head-to-head competition in (laughs) head-to-head competition and they're a competition with us as well and there's prizes to be won there's uh including you can become the new patrons champ currently the patrons champ mr andy jessup currently in chat right now what's up champ champ and uh he is holding reign at the at at the top right now but he's putting his title up for contention at survivor series so if you want to get in on this and possibly win prizes or become the new champion then we will be putting out the uh, the sheet at the end of the week you sign up on patreon and fill out that sheet give your picks and then on sunday whoever whoever wins wins and if he dies he dies there are a lot of people coming for the champs title as we've seen over the course of the last week we've had promos coming in from jacob uhas from Justice, from Austin, and we had a special one from Abraham show up yesterday that was oh, just, yeah. woo, chills, kisses. Was that, was that the one that, one of them gave me like some serious Sammy Callahan vibes, like it was all dark and yeah. creepy. Like There's a whole bunch yeah. that have been awesome. So keep so. those coming, guys. And for all of you that are in contention, for all of you that are patrons, fantastic. Look out for the sheet. We'll be getting that out to you, as we always do, uh, about 24 hours before the show because that we know they're going to be changing shit. All the way up until the end of it. So uh, we got to get through SmackDown, and we'll see what happens on Saturday. But we'll roll with any changes. If you're not a patron currently, all you have to be at is the $5 tier on Patreon to be able to participate. That's it. You can get access to prizes. Not only all the typical perks that you get, but above and beyond all of that, we have fun championship prizes, uh, some merch that we give out, uh, special exclusives. Like, you cannot get it anywhere else ever again Mm. it's the one-time thing uh as well as my favorite part the the booby prizes Uh, yeah the the the, the things that i like to do to the people that come in last uh hopefully it's i almost did that to myself 
Yeah. Uh, uh, SummerSlam. But it's luckily, worth getting in on because Nick sometimes yeah. goes out in a limb with his hashtag Nick booking and yeah. ends up having to give out a ton of prizes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> SummerSlam was expensive, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, there are prizes for winning the whole thing. There are prizes for beating a host. There's a prize for beating both hosts. Oh, yeah. No and one's got so, that one yet. <laughs> no one's gotten that one yet. But yeah, so it's a lot of fun. You guys want to be in on it. I believe this is our fourth time doing it. Uh, yeah. I think we started with Royal Rumble uh, at the beginning of this year, so the big four pay-per-views gets better every time. Gets better and bigger every single time. So Amen. we take it very seriously. We hope you guys will too. Um, we're not messing around with our. I usually goof around with my picks, which is my own tragic flaw. But it's it's a lot of fun. So oh, make is that sure how you pay- explain it now? That's how you're explaining your, your picks now? Is yeah. that? Oh, I, I'm just messing around. I'm not really playing. I'm just messing around. Right, okay. right, right, right. I see how it is, Nick. <laughs> it's okay, Nick. But speaking of bigger and better, we do need to talk about the uh, the shows this week. But before we yes. do, I'm gonna I'm gonna just hold on. Uh yeah, I'm gonna pop a little bit of this for the working man. What? If, you, if you're not on YouTube, you should get on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash bwo. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm cracking a nice little can, freshly made, fresh, hot off of the uh, off the line, little. Broken Skull IPA over here. I live right up mm. the street. Mm. Oh, that's good. I live right up the street from the brewery. I got buds at the brewery, and uh, uh, that's a, that is a fresh batch. You cannot get these. Like you can't order these right now. I've tried for my bar, but they're in my fridge. Mm. Fantastic. Mm. So with that said, and that sipped, Nick, let's head on over and talk about Monday Night Raw. Well, Ian, I want to start off the top of the show today saying that uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've been feeling a little down. As I've expressed here on the show, I've been feeling a little uh, a little wishy-washy about whether or not I'm liking WWE programming. And, you know, I've been a little, like, mood swingy in a way. Like, one week I love it when NXT starts invading and, you know, everybody was stuck in Saudi Arabia and NXT showed up and... Over the course of the last couple of weeks, it's gone. The pendulum has just swung back and forth. I'm very happy to share that it has swung very much back into a positive direction yeah. after this week's ride. It was not without its faults of course. that we were going to discuss. If you're going to do a three-hour show and you've been doing it for this long, like to get a perfect show is nearly impossible. But So I'm, I'm willing to give them a couple of bum segments. But yeah, overall, this was an entertaining show, and they had a lot of really good stuff. And a couple of matches they let run really long. Yes. And we got some great match work out of it, even though they did have some uh, some screwy finishes on those matches. But, you know, okay, you can't have everything. It's a go-home show. You're supposed to create tension for the, for the pay-per-view. So that's fine. But, Nick, let's start at the top of the show. Coming out first, Boston, Massachusetts. Becky Lynch comes out to a roaring ovation, comes down to the ring and says, I don't care about brands. I just want to fight somebody. And both uh, Shayna Baszler and Bailey are getting on my nerves. So if either of you ladies are backstage, bring it on. Let's go right now. She was not answered by Shayna. She was answered by the Iconics, who I adore, and they don't get used enough. Uh, but they came out smack talking Bailey the whole way to the ring and saying somehow Becky. we're left to Becky all the way to the ring, uh, saying somehow we got left off. Of the Survivor Series program, I can't imagine why, Nick. I can't you imagine. You got left off everything for the last yeah. six months. <laughs> have we seen you since WrestleMania, girls? I don't no. think we have. Uh, but they came down to the ring, and Becky said, "Well, you know what? I'll just fight both of you. I was supposed to have a tag team match with Charlotte because we're always attached at the hip." She even said that, and uh, they she said, "I'll just fight both of you." 
And they said, okay. But before we could do that, sure enough, Charlotte Flair does come out and says, Becky, I know you're not a big fan of tagging with me, but the powers that be say that we have to tag together. So let's have a tag match against the Iconics. Uh, and they had a tag match. We'll get to what happened next in a little bit. I want to to speak about what happened at this moment. And that was, as they were ready to get this match set up, whose music should, whose music should kick but Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe came out to a huge ovation, everyone chanting his name, and we go to commercial. And when we come back, Joe is at the announce desk. Now, Dio Madden has been out ever since Brock Lesnar F5'd him into another world. And here Joe came out, and his excuse was, well, they wanted to put someone out here who was Brock Lesnar-proof, so if he comes out for you again, King, <laughs> I got your back. But Clever. I'm wondering what else is going on here, Nick. Are they prepping Joe for a, like a, 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 a commentary run? Are they seeing how he does? Are we replacing Dio Madden already? What's, what was the thought here? First of all, Joe was great. Would you agree with that? Like he was He's just 100% fantastic. Smooth yeah. as He's silk. been doing stuff on the the desk for backstage for uh, uh it was some it was it a it was the Fox thing that they do. He get, he gave well. a promo school to Fluffy whatever his name is. Uh, yeah. Gabriel Gabriel Iglesias. And next but, week actually he's giving promo school to oh, who has he gotten? He's got some other oh, uh, uh David Arquette's coming on next week to do promo school with him. So, yeah, he's been doing stuff. He's been doing some backstage work. Do you think this is his this was his audition. I don't know. I don't want him to be. I don't want him to be done yet. Um, I want Me Dio neither. to be done. We can talk about that in a minute. But I, I don't oh. want. I don't want Joe to be done. You know. I, I just look. Vic Joseph is fine, but I think I I can speak confidently and say that the WWE universe is mostly over Jerry Lawler and Dio Madden at this point. If there's anybody that disagrees with me, please let me know in chat. Um, or you know, come say hi in Facebook or something. But I just I, ha I taking the temperature of the WWE universe. It feels like everybody's mostly over those two at this point. So Vic is great as a center seat caller, but they need somebody like Joe, who was fantastic today uh, or last night. Sorry, uh, on uh, on commentary. And if it even if it went down to just a two man team again, like they've done on SmackDown with Michael Cole and Corey Graves, that would actually really work. So I, I thought this was fantastic this week. Jerry's shrieking is getting a little bit on my nerves because it's taking away from the good commentary that's going on out of the other two. And Dio just wasn't bringing anything to the table, unfortunately. He was so green that there just wasn't any, any emotion or passion or like solid commentary going on there, unfortunately. So. Well, and the other thing I liked about Joe was that he was a really good heel announcer, right? He had that confidence. He was he – was, Speaking from the heel perspective where he was taking, yeah. like, we had Andrade versus Seth, and he was taking Andrade's side, right? But yeah. he was doing it in a way that seemed confident and cocksure, and he almost made sense, which is a really great heel announcer tactic where you're like, no, no, that's, you're totally wrong, but, but you're, I'm especially mad because you, you sound like you're right. You know what I mean? And it was as opposed to, like, the kind of shrieking we get from Corey and the, the abusiveness, um, which, you know... I, I liked Joe's presentation here. I liked it a lot. It reminded me of a much more eloquent, much less bombastic Taz. And I mean that as a compliment. Um, yeah. I like Taz as, as a commentator. Uh, but I, I didn't I, think I would I like him and Excalibur like on AEW, but it's worked out. Oh, it worked out great. Yeah. But uh, that being said, you know, Joe, I mean, it was, it was noticeable how good he was during the show and how smooth his transitions were and, you know, his, his play calls. 
and his like when he was excited. I think the one time I thought he had a strange reaction was uh, during a particular run-in when Lucha House Party did a run-in. He started laughing. Like I love that. I loved it too. It was just he told his whole laugh track when when there were beatdowns going on. He goes, (laughs) yeah, he just loves when people get. Yeah, don't mess with him. (laughs) Just brilliant. Great. That could that could be a great trait if he just makes it specific for when it's when it's supposed to happen. But yeah, overall, I loved Joe as a commentator. So Joe comes out to commentate from this point on. So we're back to this uh, this Bailey. And uh, sorry, ba- sorry, Becky and Charlotte match versus the Iconics. It's over fairly quickly. Charlotte puts, uh, I think it was Peyton. It no, was sorry, it was it was Billy in the uh, figure. That's right. I know it was Billy because Billy left like 14 pounds of pancake makeup on the mat after she was done writhing around. And uh, as uh, Becky and Charlotte are leaving, out come from the audience. Out comes Shayna, Jessamine Duke, and uh, Marina Shafir and start beating down the Iconics. Becky and Charlotte come running back to save them and end up taking a beat down from the three ladies who then go off into the crowd. Becky and Charlotte recover. They go after them, but they're held back by security until by the, at this point they're gone, so they, they give up. But Becky ends up decking a security guard and laying him out uh, at the end of the segment to... Like legit, they even the played it again in force in slow motion so we could just... Like you could see his whole jaw move. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a good hit, but he, she obviously wasn't going to really knock him out. But like, it looked great in slow motion for sure. I mean, it wasn't Nia Jax hitting Becky in the face, you know. No, it was actually a safe punch. She got him right, right. square in the jaw, right. right? As opposed to on the bridge of the damn nose. But uh, so okay. So first two questions here: uh, Is this how you want to see the iconics used? Like, is this the appropriate use of the iconics? Come out, talk smack, get hit, go backstage, basically just be an enhancement talent for the women's division. We've had this discussion before with a bunch of folks about whether, I mean, it's it's the pros and cons, right? At least they were on TV. It's the lesser of two evils. I mean, if they're not going to be in a program for the, the women's tag championships, at least they're on TV now after six months of basically idling. And yeah. I know there were marriages and honeymoons and things and real life happening, and I get all that. But uh, I'd like the fact that they kept the two together. They haven't split them off into some kind of faux singles runs. It's still the Iconics. It's still, we know who they are. We know exactly what to expect from them. And they pulled off a dirty win earlier this year to, be, to get the, t- the titles. And it's, it's been fun, right? So at the end of the, yes, this is kind of I, the stuff I, I want to see them doing. Shenaniganry. That's what I, I want to see. I didn't have a whole lot of fun with it because they made them kind of chicken shit heels. And one thing that I, I, I maintain is that the Iconics are actually better wrestlers than a lot of people give them credit for because they haven't been given a chance to show how good they are on the main roster. We saw it a little bit in NXT, but they have this thing where they, they, you know, they do a lot of the chicken shit moves and they don't get to go out there. Um, faces get to do more of the sort of the heroic fun moves and heels are there to slow down the match and, and make you hate them. Yeah, so if it I wasn't really, for Oscar, I, I think Peyton would have been one of the top contenders for the NXT women's championship. But Oscar was on that, that legendary run that she was on. So, yeah, I think I can't Peyton remember, could I can't be an amazing singles competitor in the women's division for a long time. I can't remember, yeah, I can't remember last time I saw uh, Billy's amazing big boot. You know, she might have a better big boot than Charlotte. I mean that. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at least they came, as you said, at least they came out on TV. Um, it's looking like Becky and Charlotte as a tag team is going to be a thing. It's being inter- advertised at several shows, uh, including, including like the major Mexican show they have coming up uh, and, and TLC. They're being advertised as a tag team. Is this something that we should be excited about, or is the dynamic actually fairly entertaining? It reeks of 
uh, Becky and Charlotte versus Sasha and Bailey at Mania. You think it reeks of that? That's my. That's what my guts. We're so we're still about. so far away from Mania though. Yeah, like six weeks. Like, six weeks from from WrestleMania. I'm just, I'm just kidding. What count? You take your, your thirty three and a third minus the twenty. I'm just kidding. No Steiner math and Nick calendars. I swear to God, this is this is going to become a thing. <laughs> you thought Royal Rumble was six weeks away. WrestleMania is, on the, is, is, is the WrestleMania on the same weekend as Royal Rumble? Well, no, you thought it was like, what, two weeks? Anyway, 10, da- 10 days. We're 10 days from Royal Rumble. Good Lord. Tell time you take your eight there, weeks Carolina. minus my six weeks, and you end up with a two. Never mind. Okay, right. so I don't know what this reeks of. All I know is that they're trying to keep Charlotte in Becky's orbit, yeah. or then trying to keep her at the top of the card. Um, I think they've been trying to figure out what to do with the four horsewomen of NXT in a program together for the longest time. And now they've got Bailey turned and Sasha's aligned with her and Becky's been the man for a year now, over a year. And they haven't really figured out what they want to do with Charlotte yet, except well, continue to pile reins on top of her. So right. now, now they've got the opportunity to take those two face the hell out of them and, and put them up against Bailey and Sasha. And if you don't build for that, I don't know. That, if 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 Charlotte isn't at the top of the card, they don't know what to do with her. And it's actually right. something that I think they should look a little bit at what they've been doing with Roman Reigns. When he doesn't have a belt, what is what do they have him do? He has put other dudes secondary over. feuds. Put over, other dudes over, or he fights against factions. Right. Sure. The same t- last year, it was uh, it was Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre versus Roman. This year, it's Drew Mac. It's uh, sorry, Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler, and uh, Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns. He fights against factions. Whether you want to talk about if that's successful or not, okay, fine, that's another discussion. My point is is they find something for him to do. With Charlotte, they don't seem to know what to do with her if she's not holding the belt or facing someone for the belt. And this seems to be like one of their things to do is, well, we'll put her in a tag team with Becky Lynch, who's our most over person in the entire company right now, and doesn't seem to, to be losing that, especially when they have her do things like punching security guards in the face which, by the way, I'll note is a very Ronda Rousey thing to do. Um, and it's actually something that they do a, on, on occasion and they should look at. We were talking last week about how something for, like, when you want to create a cool face, have them do badass stuff and not yeah. look like a chump or a fool. Becky Lynch doesn't look like a chump or a fool and she takes no shit. And she yeah. punches security guards in the face when they get in her way. That is a badass move. And it was super over with the crowd. They loved it and it made her look like a badass. That's good babyface booking. Having her next to Charlotte, however, is only good for Charlotte. It doesn't help Becky any. It's only because of Charlotte. So I'm wondering if this is the only thing they could do with Charlotte. Well, of course, that's rhetorical. I don't. I think there's plenty they could do with her besides have her with Becky here. Uh, well, you know how I feel about made made up ad hoc makeshift tag teams. You know, especially if they go on to put them in title matches together. You know, I, I would I would make the same argument. You know, it's it 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 was the same way I felt about bringing back Seth and Dean together last year. Uh, so I, it, even though they did have the history of being in the Shield, it, it still felt different. Like there was something off about that. Um, so yeah, I, I, do we need? We've got the Kabuki Warriors. We've got several tag teams that are that are forming. Right, we're seeing uh, Shayna's uh, Marina and Jessamine Duke constantly running around. We've got women that we can build into tag teams. It doesn't need to be your top two women in the entire effing company. The NXT women's roster is enormous. It's so big they were able to get a War Games match out of it and still have women left over on the on the sidelines. Um, so, but no, yeah. we got to use Charlotte and Becky. 
Right. You even have women on the on the main roster. Like Sarah Logan got put in the Survivor Series match, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, we remember her. Why didn't you do something with her? You've got uh, um, you have you have women that don't ever get used that you could just be building up along the way, like have Charlotte off TV for a week and have a match between two other women to establish who they are. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's 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 pretty wild. A um, couple other things about this. And then we got to move on. Um, one, I noticed that there was a couple of really bad uh, tags. <laughs> Billy Kay was like halfway down the ring ropes, got tagged in, and John Cone didn't even see it or pay attention to it. And then when she was screaming at him, I tagged in. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you tagged in. Was Cone having an off night or was it just me? Like a couple of things in this match that were a little the, that he was off on. I didn't even notice. I was just waiting for the Shayna or Bailey run in. Oh, okay, all right. Well, then here's another I, that, thing. I was looking in the crowd. I, I wasn't really watching the match, to be fair. Here's another thing, and this is actually speaking to a larger issue that we, I want to have be a, a bit of a theme for this particular episode of Raw and possibly for NXT and SmackDown as well. And that is the fact that there are no real stakes with Survivor Series other than, quote-unquote, brand supremacy. Uh, we have the best brand, which I hardly see as a motivating factor beyond just pride. And that doesn't seem to be enough to you know, completely change your character for and go from being a face to being a heel whenever you're on another person's brand. Um, it, so they're, they're having a hard time defining what, quote, brand supremacy means, including having their own superstars undermine the concept itself. Becky, in a backstage interview, said, quote, I don't give a bollocks about brand supremacy. The brands, they don't care about us. Like, I don't understand why this is a thing. If they want to come after me, come after me because I'm the pinnacle, not just of women's wrestling, just wrestling in general. Okay, so she's trying to make her match more important and more relevant. Great. She's saying it's a, this is about me being the best, and I, and I want it to be across all brands. Fine. Do Isn't you this think, what Ronda was doing the first half of the year leading up to Mania? A bit, a bit, and there was some of that with Survivor Series as well. But I yeah. guess my question here is, is, is this the tactic that they, that they should take more than brand supremacy? And like, should they be having their own superstars undermining their central concept of Survivor Series? Like, doesn't I mean, that Survivor undermine? Series has always been about. Like, what, what stakes do we want out of this other than bragging rights? That's what it's always been about. Like, going head-to-head -head in direct competition to see who's the best. That's what it's always been, as long right. as I can remember. It's their Outside world. Outside of the championship matches. You it's know? their world. They could make up stakes, make something that's, that's somehow relevant. You know, whether it's money, whether it's titles, uh, whether it's some sort of bonus that 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 team gets for winning, you know, whether it's ephemeral or I mean, beyond just pride, you know, like we're the best yeah. friend. And then they drop it the next week. We've seen it just too many times where it's, you know, oh, Raw swept or whatever. Right. What was the one year that Raw swept SmackDown? And then the next week, nobody cared. It wasn't referenced again. So why should we care if there are no ultimate stakes to this? We don't because it's December first, and we move on, and and it, everybody's talking about Royal Rumble in two weeks. So, I, I agree. Like we've been doing this for two plus weeks now, you know, which is not really that much investment since we okay. come back from Crown Jewel. Here you go. Started. No, no. But, you okay. said it. You said it. Royal Rumble's coming up next. What yeah. if the winning brand gets uh, advantage for picks in Royal Rumble? Sure. Okay. It's their world. They can create whatever stakes they want for this. Just get creative with it. Have something matter here beyond just personal pride and, and brand pride, which seems to be a little bit thin as far as stakes go. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. 
Well, anyway, <laughs> thank you, Nick. <laughs> You're welcome. My, my elite commentary, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That's what we pay you the big bucks for, sir. Uh, so the invasions did continue for the rest of the show. It wasn't just the opening segment. We had a match between Seth and Andrade for the uh, uh, who was going to be the captain of Team Raw. This kind of came out of nowhere, but I wasn't mad at it because uh, Seth versus Andrade, yes. And the great thing about this was it was a slow kind of clunker of a match until Zelina Vega got kicked out of ringside, and then they turned the jets on, and this thing this thing became awesome until Lucha House Party interrupted and uh, cost Andrade the match, which was odd. And then Andrade and Seth teamed up to kick them out and had a nice little moment where Seth said, don't worry, we'll do this again. You're better without the chick. And it was almost like Andrade was a little facey there. There's a reason they drafted him as high as they did in the draft a couple months ago. I'm just yeah, saying. They I'm still not have, saying. I'm just saying. They still have that love for Andrade. Where we, we were getting worried there with that Sin Cara uh, feud, but yeah, they still. They're like, no, no, no. We got stuff for Andrade. We're just we're holding, hold, hold. So well, looking forward to more things coming there. He's not at, He's on the team still for Survivor Series, which is odd. And I think mm-hmm. there may be a little swerve, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to my possibility for a swerve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it has to do with the next match we got to talk about, and that's Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre, who had what I can only describe as a barn burner of a match, and that crowd was just salivating by the end of it. Nice build to it. Just match I didn't know that I needed <laughs> in my eye holes. Oh, it was, oh it was, my God. It was delicious, but no finish, because once again we were interrupted, this time by Triple H himself, who came down to the ring and gave a little bit too convincing of a promo on Kevin Owens saying, essentially, why are you still on Raw and SmackDown? Nobody here likes you. No one here appreciates you. But you know where they do appreciate you? NXT. And yes, I did try to recruit Seth Rollins. But I'm now trying to recruit you because I think that you really represent NXT. And it looked like Kevin was considering it. And Triple H did, in fact, bring a whole NXT faction with him. The Forgotten Sons and Dijak and Damian Priest were all standing ringside. Not to attack Kevin, just to make sure no one else interfered. But they did interfere. Raw came out from behind and attacked all of them. And and in the scuffle, Undisputed Era came out as well and attacked Kevin Owens from behind. And while they're attacking him, uh, Adam Cole and Triple H started getting into it. You know, kind of like, what are you doing attacking him? I said he wasn't going to get attacked kind of thing. So... Let's unpack this, Nick. That's a lot. That's a, a lot was going on there. Yeah. Uh, again, with Triple H, you know, essentially saying, give, giving all the reasons why Kevin Owens shouldn't be on the main roster. Was this again kind of subverting some of the storylines they're telling on the main roster here? Like, are we, are we trying to work on too many levels and we're working counterproductive to ourselves here? I, I, I don't know because, like, we were just talking about with Survivor Series, like, what happens in a, a week from now once it's all over? Does, do we just forget that all That's these I mean. promos got cut? Or does like Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins go back to NXT? I don't know. <laughs> so I just, Do we forget everything that, that, that was said? And we go back to business as usual on our way to TLC, on our way to Royal Rumble? I'm, okay. So we'll see what happens. Do I like the idea of Kevin Owens going back down and maybe whipping Finn Balor's ass? Yes. That guy may gets I, me tickled up. <laughs> may I tickle you some more with some uh, possibilities? Sure. There's sure. still a there's still a spot left on the War Games team. Also, also, it has been. I Triple was going to say I was going to save this. 
there has been there's been talk that Triple H has been nominated for it by other people, and he's actually fought against it. Does not yeah. want to be this fourth person on that team. Good. Um, also, Adam Cole is putting his title up, his NXT title up, at Survivor Series, not Takeover. At Survivor Series, we were supposed to have a three-way match for who was going to uh, get a title shot at Takeover. Damian Priest, Killian Dane, and Pete Dunne. We're going to have that triple threat. Originally, it was going to be on on uh, Takeover. Then it was uh, they announced it was going to be on NXT. Then they put it back on Takeover. So it seems like they're shuffling some stuff around here. What if that became a four-way? Kevin Owens came down to NXT. It became a four-way match. He wins and goes against Adam Cole on Sunday for the NXT Championship, wins it, and comes back down to NXT. I'm just, uh, I'm I'm shivering. just throwing it out there. I literally I'm, have chills going up and down my spine. I'm just right. saying that's the difference between Nick booking and Ian booking. Uh, so, no. Cheap shot. Cheap <laughs> shot. <laughs> oh, God, it's a low blow. Nick hates low blows. Nick hates <laughs> you're, low You're blows. getting your content spoon-fed to you. There's no creativity there. What do you mean there's no creativity there? I thought that was very creative. Kevin Owens gets up to be in a fatal four-way, and uh, so he's going to win. <laughs> You're right. I didn't go out on some insane limb that no one would actually think to go out on. Sorry. Half of Sorry which has actually come true. What do you mean half of which? It's kind of come true. It's kind of come true. I'm still waiting for Dominic to come out as Sin Cara and, and Finn Balor to come out as the Joker. I'm just saying but, he just right. asked for his release, so it's imminent. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll wait with bated breath. Uh, right. And I'm looking forward to seeing where this Cole versus Triple H storyline goes. I think there's a lot of setup here. There's a lot of things that could happen. NXT tomorrow is going to be absolutely bananas. We also had another invasion, but that happened after a series of events. Uh, Hawkins and Ryder were talking about how they had won a, uh, a tag team championship match uh, uh, on some uh, live event, and they were looking forward to it. Of course, it's Hawkins and Ryder, so they didn't get the chance. They were instead murdered by AOP backstage, beaten to a pulp, and left lying on the ground. So there were no opponents for Viking Raiders on this show, except Randy Orton stepped up and said, I'll find a tag team partner and I'll face him because, hey, someone's got to. And I'm your huckleberry. Oh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. There's a championship match available? Well, I Randall, need more title reigns. <laughs> yeah, Randall, <laughs> Kenneth, Kallenbach, Kardashian, Orton will step on in. And uh, sure enough, he did. And who should he pick for a tag team partner? But Ricochet, interesting, seeing as they've had some headbutting over the last few weeks uh, in a tag team that I'm now calling RKO Shea. And, uh, yeah, so we had a tag team match between Viking Raiders and RKO Shea. And, and he makes fun of my Phenomenal Ones name. I Seriously. I still postulate that's better than Phenomenal Ones. Um, wow. So we had this match, and it was fairly exciting until, of course, the brand... Uh, invasions continued this time again with smackdown coming out you know nick i recall well, hang podcast. On. before we get into the invasion part of it okay there's something that we need to call out let's do it and how ivar was going move for move with ricochet you know in all of the gymnastics and all of the things that was that was Your one boy. of my favorite things last night right uh that, that was very quickly glossed over and we moved on from it because of smackdown running the, down the ramp but that was impressive I don't want to gloss over that because that's a big boy. And he doing ricochet flippy shit. Who, who are we talking about? War Machine. Right, but who? I don't remember. Ivar, whatever his name used to be. Hanson. Oh, Hanson. I got you. Hi, that's right. Right, right, right. Sorry, you're, you're bigger brother. Right. Right. Uh, yes, that was very impressive. 
and uh, this was a very fun, another very fun match that was that had no finish that was discovered at the end by an invasion angle, and uh, and this invasion angle ended in a gigantic three brand brawl to close the show. I, Nick, I was going to say I recall a podcast, a podcast that we might be familiar with, saying something last week about how at some point they had to have SmackDown invade Raw or vice versa, otherwise. It's just about NXT invading these two brands, and it doesn't make any sense. And what do you know? Here we go. Uh, thankfully. Hashtag they listen. Ha- thankfully. Well, not only that, it does make logical sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? It does it make logical sense. It was bound to happen. You kind of have to. And if they had, and, and it would have been And I'll say this. It's great that they waited for the go-home week to, to do these kind of things. I think a lot of the NXT stuff was there up front because this is your first year they're bringing that third brand into the picture of things. We know that usually a week or two max is all we get out of the build for Survivor Series with the head-to-head competition language and the invasions of, of each because you can't run that for too long. You just, it just gets tired. But the introduction of NXT for, to both of them, that took a couple of extra weeks so here we are on the go-home week, all three brands. Now, I yeah. thought it was a bit of a cluster. The, the cameras were cutting. Cluster. It was like Paul, It was like trying to watch a Paul Greengrass movie film WWE, right? <laughs> it was just all over the place and shaky cam, and I actually felt kind of just out of it for a uh, second. Uh, but I was sitting there watching a hundred dudes beat the hell out of each other, and I could not stop smiling. Yeah. And that's, that's what I went to black with last night on Raw. And, it and was I, very fun. It was very fun. That was, that was fantastic. And that's exactly what I want on a go-home show headed into Survivor Series where you've got the brands just at each other. Now, toss aside all of the stuff about how next week they're just going to go right back to their heel-face dynamics and their title contentions and their builds. Yeah. But for a week, it's kind of fun. Yeah, for, for a brief shining moment. Yeah. <laughs> and there were some, some great moments in this brawl as well, you know, where you had uh, NXT come out. SmackDown comes out first, interrupts the match. NXT comes out and attacks SmackDown from behind, lays them out, and you've got about five NXT guys standing on the, uh, the entrance side of the ring staring at uh, Randy Orton, Ricochet, and Viking Raiders in the ring who are all posing. And then out of uh, the uh, posing for the hard cam side on the left, you've got a bunch of guys from NXT run out from the audience, and then you have over by where the announce table usually is or used to be, you have a whole more come out, and they all surround the ring. So all of a sudden, it looks like NXT is just, this army has just swarmed the place, and the four Raw guys in the ring are just like, ah, crap. (laughs) It was a great moment there, and then Raw comes down the ramp, and it just becomes, like you said, a huge cluster. Also, can I shout out, like Randy Orton was dishing out some RKOs right and left, but a quick shout out, to a dude who is as tall as Randy Orton, as big as Randy Orton, and that's Dominic Dijakovic. I'm waiting for your That's your cue, Nick. It's Dijak. There you go. Uh, Who ate one of the most beautiful RKOs since Ricochet did it two weeks ago, where he just basically spiked himself on his own damn head. Unlike Ricochet, who's 5'11", 6 foot. Yeah. This guy is 7, 8 inches taller, and he did the exact same cell, and it looked like Death. Death. Can I also point a point of order that Jackson Riker was standing in a main ra- roster ring this week? Yeah, that's the last he'll see of it too. I don't know. I just, I'm just, I just want to say that that uh, you know, Randy Orton when he gets to the back should probably have high fived Dijak. Just been like, what good sell, buddy? And Dijak yeah. should have refused the high five because we all know where Randy Orton's hands have been. So yeah, so a lot of good moments for the end of the show. It was a really, as you said, that's a great go home moment. Yeah, it so is. My, and my only question is, is 
you know, did we do right by all the brands here? Did NXT look too strong or did it look just about right at the end of the show? Um, and mm, in we'll, the middle of all this, though, because I know where you're going. In the middle of all this, though, Triple H, like Wizard of Oz, is on yes, the Tron from backstage. and goes, you guys think we're done? We're not done. You want invasions? Cool. I'm going to leave the back door open for you at NXT on Wednesday. Come on in and see what you get. And poof. Oh, yep. he disappears again. Yep. So <laughs> I, I want to see what happens on I want to see what happens on Friday. They're making NXT like, look badass because they're yeah, they first are. of all they stepped to Raw and SmackDown and then they're saying okay yeah we came to you come at us come on we're not gonna sit and wait for you we're just gonna let you right in do do something do something yeah. so that's that looks makes them look great it's Here's your a, move <laughs> so then we're gonna have we're, we're probably gonna have a really baller NXT. Based oh. on the matches I'm seeing for it and the build they've done here, how does SmackDown? How is how are they even going to try to go home to this pay per view on Sunday and top what will probably happen at NXT and this show here? How in the uh, world is SmackDown going to going to stand up to this? It's going to be chaos. It needs to be chaos. It needs to be absolute unadulterated. No matches finish. Everything's in absolute. But that was war. this show. That was this I, show. This was two thirds of the way. This was like turned up to about six. You think this could go higher? Like could go higher than this? I like, think they could do more. Okay. Um, bring all the actual. Don't just dump catering into the ring. Bring the actual teams that are competing on Saturday and Sunday into the bring the take the war games teams out women and men i'm just gonna throw this I mean, out there bring your big guns out i'm just gonna throw this out there i don't yeah. know if the people running smackdown right now have that kind of vision that's that's <sighs> what i'm saying i don't i don't know if the way that smackdown has been for the last few weeks i don't know if they see this and go we have to become more insane and in your face than this or if they're just gonna be like we're just gonna coast they did it. All right, we're cool. We'll just do a show. It'll end with Roman standing tall over Baron Corbin or something like that. Or Baron Corbin standing tall over Roman Reigns. Or Roman Reigns eating a, a, you know, a, a pedigree from the dog mascot. I don't know. You know, I just thought pedigree because, you know, the name of the dog food. Right. With me? That's, of course, it has to be his yeah, finishing. With you. Right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just... I thought it was, yeah, okay. Uh, that's going to be pretty anticlimactic if SmackDown coasts and doesn't at least amp up what. Look, NXT is going to be baller. It's it is baller every week. If, if SmackDown doesn't do better than what Raw did, like so, who fired the shot on Raw this week? It was SmackDown and NXT for that matter. So I expect both of them to show up at NXT tomorrow night, and then I expect to see a huge presence. Like, we saw SmackDown in a huge presence on Raw. I expect the opposite to happen. I want to see a big Raw presence show up and run rough shot on SmackDown with some also some NXT stuff going on. You know who I, I bet you will not be on NXT tomorrow? Jackson Riker. Seth Rollins. He might be. He's, he's already kind of there. Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns. They will not be at NXT. Yeah, you'll probably big dog? You'll probably have, like, your mid, your mid dudes go down there. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. That's the way they could amp it up. Is, well, is, Kevin Kevin Owens, we know, will be there because he's going to be the NXT champion come Sunday night. Don't at me. Uh, so, also on uh, on Survivor Series, we're having a match for the WWE Championship. Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio. And Nick, brace yourself because Paul Heyman came out to tell us a little story this week. Uh, a little, I, I should say. It was a, a long, drawn-out story where he pretty much listed off everything that Ray has done to Brock and vice versa, and Brock's done to Ray and and uh, Cain Velasquez and 
and Dominic, and I don't want to get into it here because it was long, and luckily Paul's a good storyteller, so it was somewhat engaging. But And yeah. better than just having a video recap. I'll, I'll give them that. Better than having a video recap. Yeah. Paul gave a great, uh, great promo, great recap of everything, and finished by saying, well, you know what, Ray, you want to come out here with your lead pipe and your chairs. Well, guess what? We're fine with that. In fact, we're going to make this match on Sunday. No holds barred! <laughs> no holds barred, Hogan! You don't You're know. not going to know! You're not going to know where I'm going to be, Hogan! Hang on, i got to climb up out of the here. frame. It could be there! You're not going to know! <laughs> That's right! <laughs> Rules and regulations... In that kind of match, he's a fish out of water. Excuse me. Let me let me com- compose myself. I was set off. <clears throat> I was triggered, triggered by the no holds barred stipulation there. And uh, <clears throat> so we're having a a uh, <clears throat> no holds barred match this uh, this Sunday between Rey Mysterio and Brock Lesnar. And I I this is really fun because then we had a. Uh, a promo from Ray, a really good promo from Ray, like old school, into the camera. Brock Lesnar, you think that you know what I'm made of, but you don't know. You think that your your no holds barred match is uh, is gonna be advantageous to you, but is it or is it advantageous to me? With his lead pipe in his hand, and this is for my family. That's right, dude. El viene para la cabeza de Brock Lesnar. Ray Mysterio mm. is coming, amigo. That's it's gonna happen. Does does this? Because this here's the thing. We were sitting there going, oh, there's no chance Ray takes the title off of Brock. I still say there's no way that Ray takes the title off of Brock. But does this actually throw some doubt into that? Like, are we now sitting there going, oh, well, maybe Ray does have a chance now. Here's what it, here's what it introduces. No holds barred, no DQ, Cain Velasquez, Dominic. There's all kinds of elements that could come into this outside of Brock Lesnar and Ray Mysterio. Uh, not only the weapons, not only the getting away with, you know, Brock's yeah, prone to a Dominic cheap shot. Dominic come into this dressed as Sin Cara. We don't know. Exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> we know he's asked for his release now. There's there's a vacancy in the right. costume. So we, we he, need he could Sin come Cara. running in. Right. So he could do a run-in, sure. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm looking at things I don't like think interferences. He, should called, he shouldn't be called Sin Cara, though. Dominic should be called no, Sin, no. Sin Abdominal Muscles. The whole point of Sin Cara is without face. It's no identity. It's It's... It's anybody. It could be anybody, right? Mm. Anyway, side. Don't don't get me sidetracked again. So it introduces the ability to bring in interference. What about Sin Padre? And, and, Sin Padre, because he doesn't know who his dad is. Oh, that's good. That's actually really good. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I I expect to see Kane. I expect to see Dominic. I expect to see weapons. I expect to get, for Brock to get beaten down. But it's going to run about eight minutes. Yep. And Brock's going to get tired, and he's going to F5 him, and he's going to pin him. Yep. And then he's going to go out for a stake. It, sure. It's going to be fun. But that's, and there's this whole new thing where Brock's opening the show, pulling curtains on, on big pay per views yeah. now. So yep. expected to come out first. <laughs> so. I, I, think that, I think that this is a smart move on their part because it does make it so that now we have that little seed of doubt. I went from being 100% Brock's winning this to 90%. I yeah. do see a world in which they they strap Rey Mysterio. And, I I, and especially because this is the time of the year when Brock goes away for two months. Yeah. right? He's here to Survivor Series, then he goes away. So He'll be back uh, sometime around Elimination Chamber or something yeah. after Royal Rumble. Yeah. Or he might come back for the Rumble, who knows. But have him come back, take it back off of Rey. Give it to Rey for two months. Rey's got the option to leave in a couple of months. 
Why not? He wants to have that big final run in WWE. Give it to him. Where's the harm? He's a legend. He wears Louis Vuitton masks now, apparently. The hell was up with that, by the way? The Louis Vuitton uh, fuzzy mask. I was like, I mean, cool. I, hey, I'm the first person to tell you nothing looks smarter than a dude in a suit with a lucha mask. But Louis Vuitton, little much, Ray. Little much. Pull it yeah. back. At least, at least Gucci. Stop it, Gucci. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, give it to Ray for a couple of months. Then have Brock win it when he comes back. You can have a Brock at WrestleMania. Whatever. You know, and then have him have him versus Kane. Right. Have have Brock come back, kill Ray for the title, and then by that, by the time Kane's healthy again, he can face Brock at WrestleMania. Whatever you want to do with that whole thing. Okay? Sure. That to me seems to make sense. That's some more Ian booking for you right there. Um, and yeah, I, I could get on board with that. And totally. then you have a champion uh, yeah. who's around, and you can have a bunch of cool feuds with Ray while he's got the championship. So I think that's I think that would be the way to go. But we'll see if they actually pull the trigger on that or if it's just another Brock squash. Eight minutes, F5, one, two, three, yeah. moving on. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see the championship again in February. Uh, <laughs> few more, yeah, a few more things uh, on the show before we move on. It looks like Buddy Murphy's the guy who wants to challenge Alistair Black, but this was kind of a weird sequence of events. He came to knock on Alistair's door. Alistair didn't answer, so he left and went to the ring, and then Alistair answered, but no one was there. And then Buddy Murphy had a match with Akira Tozawa, who we know is on his way out of WWE, so he's on the... Good match, uh, too. Of course it was. Tozawa's great, and Buddy <laughs> yeah. Murphy's great, and they they face each other a lot in 205 Live, so they know each other. Um but we know Tozawa's on the uh, the Put Everyone Over tour that they always put people on when they've got a lot of time left and they just you know yep. want to ruin them on the way out. Um, this might be Tozawa's last match. We'll never know until it happens. But uh, then Buddy Murphy called out Alistair again, and uh, they had a little face down. So it's looking like it's going to be Buddy Murphy versus Alistair Black. Is that a good... Well, I mean, he wrote him a letter. We're not really sure what's in the letter. Right. Well, what what else could what, be is it letter? a love notes? Is he fangirling over? Why are we overbooking this? Is my question. Why exactly. the hell is it being overbooked? Put him in a ring and let him beat the shit out of each other. It's this the, is enough already. The same thing they've been doing with Alistair Black <laughs> since he's come up is stop overthinking this. He's it's this is not rocket science. With Alistair Black, you put him in a ring, you don't have him say shit, you have him murder people, you have him leave. That's it. And then if you want him to have a longer match, you give him one reason to not like the person and then basically have him no-sell everything that they're trying to get under his skin with. He comes out and they have a baller match and he leaves. See Velveteen Dream. See Johnny Gargano. Any of the other amazing matches. See Adam Cole. Any of the other amazing matches that he had back in NXT. All right? Uh, Andrade. Uh, come on. Like, this, this shouldn't be rocket science. And yet, this has just become this Gordian knot of just all this stuff they're trying to put on. I was like, come on. Buddy Murphy, too. So, yeah. And both these guys need a win. I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm still beside myself with how, what they're doing with Aleister Black. Like, you guys it's a shame. Had- it's a shame that they're taking... It's funny. So the one thing you just said I want to harp on, they both need a win. One of these guys is going to have to lose, and it's going to be Buddy Murphy. And I, that makes me really sad. Because... I think he's one of the most talented dudes with one of the best finishing moves in WWE right now. And sure, his time will come, but how long are we going to have to wait after that monster run in the cruiserweight division that he had where he looked absolutely un-freaking-touchable and unstoppable against Cedric, against Tony, against Gulak, against everybody? 
he looked untouchable. Yep. And uh, this is what we're going to do is have him do a I wrote you a love letter parody skit behind the scenes. They basically booked him like Ginger <sighs> Neville. He was Ginger yeah. Neville, right? It was it was basically what Neville should have been at that point, but they're like, "Crap. Where's a guy with an accent who looks really buff and not a cruiserweight <laughs> but could kick everyone's ass?" Uh, there's a guy over there. They both have weird teeth. Screw it. Make him the champ. But yeah, I wish they would get back to that with him. Uh, this is this is just one of those things where I'm just kind of sitting there with my face in my hands, like, "Oh God, oh God, why? Just this shouldn't be rocket science. This shouldn't be so hard. Why are you guys no. trying so hard with this? Who no. do they have writing this? Who? This is this screams of a lower level writer who's trying too much to do too much, and he's getting it through Vince by just saying we're having them do stuff, and this is and Vince is giving his opinions on." what to do with it, and they're putting it out there just to try and get something going as opposed to just keeping it simple. Yeah. And, yeah, so that's... It's killing me. Uh, also killing me, Lashley, Lana, Rusev. We had more of that. Luckily, not a lot this week. It was just Lashley squashing No Way Jose. I wondered where he was last week. I asked where he was. Here he is, getting squashed by Lashley. Uh, and Lana announced she's getting a divorce. And she got a restraining order for some distance. She doesn't even know how long the distance is. Or a period Nin of time. She, she must not know how restraining orders work. I don't know. Yeah, she just apparently was just too wound up by Bobby Lashley. <laughs> it was 90 miles, then 90 days, then 90, 90 feet. 90 feet, and then, yeah. I, okay, great. Listen, this she's is, been going to Steiner school. She, <laughs> I'm not going to make the obvious joke here. But uh, so anyway, yeah. So Lashley, Lana, Rusev is continuing despite everybody everybody saying it should stop. Uh, there's only a few kind of... Uh, I've only seen a few voices on Twitter being like, no, it's fine. It's kind of trash TV that we like to see. And I'm like... I've yet it, to see one that says is that. It, I've seen a couple. The vast majority, even people on WWE backstage on Fox are saying, end this crap. Corey Graves on his uh, After the Bell podcast yep. that he does is, is yep. trashing it. Yeah, of course, because it's trash. And not, not, in, not in the fun way. It, they had it... They kind of had that sweet spot for maybe one segment, maybe one and a half segments. Yeah, they had you for a couple of weeks there. They had me like, for eh. no. They had me for one segment. They had me for right. one segment where I said, "Oop, they hit the sweet spot. Stay there, keep doing that." And then, of course, they nope, nope, right back to Shitsville. Yep. Uh, we also had Alberto Carrillo show up a couple of times. He got the nod from Rey Mysterio during his promo, and he came out uh, and had a match with Carl Anderson. Pinned him with a small package, and that means he gets. AJ Styles for the Universal Champ or the, sorry, the, Uni the U.S. Championship next week on Monday Night Raw again. What do you think? What do you think? Like, are we, we going to see a finish to this on Raw, um, or is this just are we still spinning the wheels here? You're talking about Carrillo into for, no, he's going to face AJ Styles for the U.S. title, right? But after that, what happens? I don't, I don't see him taking the title off of him. I, I think there's an op I think there's a chance. Really? Yeah, I do. Hmm. Well, let's. That's something to wait and see because uh, that could be interesting. I, mean, I don't want to put false hope in the patrons' minds. And trust me, we, we're not going to game you guys like that. I promise. That's not what we do here. But I do think there's a chance. There, Look, th they gave Humberto Carrillo his first victory this week on the main roster against uh, is Carl Anderson. Uh, singles. First singles win. First singles win. Yeah. He's won. And he's, he's won but he's been, getting, he's been on a losing he's, streak since he's, he's come pinned up, AJ right? Styles in a tag match. It, sure. But uh, the fact that they gave him the win makes me go, mm, but there's the old rule of you if you win yep. on the TV, you're not going to win. 50-50. Yeah, so 50-50 booking, baby. Uh, 
Uh, he's not we'll winning see. that title. Uh, also, we had Eric Rowan come out and squash a jobber named Alex Malcolm, my cousin from uh, <laughs> New Zealand. Not really, but that I do is have a cousin. Is he a hobbit? Uh, not everyone from New Zealand are hobbits, dude. No, I meant your cousin. No. Oh, okay. Nor my brother-in-law, who is from New Zealand. Oh, okay. Uh, so calm down there. Uh, that being said, they all do have Hobbit accents. Go figure. Uh, Eric Rowan came out. He still has his cage. Uh, we don't know what's in the cage. I'm intrigued, but this is a little weird. Uh, It's going to be stupid. Let's be clear. It's going to be dumb, but I'm curious. (laughs) It's going to be a baby gobbledygooker. It's going to be a gobbledygooker chick. (laughs) No, it's going to be some Thanksgiving's coming. That's when the Survivor Series. He's going to have an egg in there. And it's going to be Hornswoggle in a gobbledygooker costume. Hashtag if he Ian. has Hornswoggle in booking. that cage, uh, <laughs> I'm going to die. I will have a stroke from laughing so hard. Uh, anyway, all, uh, no, it's, uh, I, it might even be something like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't listen to every episode of our show, we started doing patron mailbags uh, yes. as, part of our, as part of our regime here. And uh, one of the questions from last week was, uh, and it was a great question, was uh, what are some storylines that never finished that we wish we knew the the ending to, or, or we you know we were frustrated that didn't quite end? This screams that Nick. This yeah. is going to be like five weeks of Eric Rowan with a, with a cage, and then it's just going to be dropped, and we're never going to know what's in the cage. And forever right, cause, more, because we got a we got a solid ending to the Bludgeon Brothers run, right? We we understood what they were about. <sighs> no. Yeah, no. Oh wait, no, no. no. Uh, Rowan is uh, is he's eco friendly now with Dan. No, that no, no, that no. didn't really. Finish oh, he's buddies. He's buddies with Harper again. Harper and he are together. Uh, no, they're not. No, people. that's not. No, they're that's not that. We didn't get an end to that. Oh, so we're doing a cage now. Okay, and yes. it's like that old like lobster cage, the half shell lobster crab cage or whatever it is, with a burlap sack covering it. It's gonna be some kind of stupid doll. I bet. I bet it's a baby doll, uh, porcelain doll or something like that. It's gonna be creepy and weird. I, I don't know. I, I, well, that's, it could be something to do with Bray Wyatt, but I doubt they're going to stick him with Bray Wyatt again. I really do. You know what I mean? Like if it was like a little, like one of the puppets or like it was like Mercy the Buzzard or Ramblin' Rabbit or one of those guys, you know. That could actually be kind of good, though. No, I don't want to see him with, uh, with Bray again. Bray doesn't need it. You know, he's the fiend now. He doesn't need it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, it's, I, mark my words. If this is one of those storylines that never ends, it is an egg. It is the baby gobbledygooker. End of story. Uh, Rowan Shirtwatch, by the way, Rowan Shirtwatch. Rowan Shirtwatch! Fantastic one. Carcass. Carcass. OG Extreme Metal. Hell yes. They're awesome. They've been around for freaking ever. They've written written every riff for everyone ever. If there's a riff out there, they did it first. Carcass is fantastic. So props to that shirt, Eric Rowan. I think they even invented the seven-string guitar, didn't they? Uh, they're, yes. they're like the Chuck Norris of metal. Like if they they did it, right? It, it <laughs> they once were cool, but now they're like right wing extremists. What? Uh, come on, and man! Why do you gotta go there every time? They're they're, they're they're selling ab machines on online. I don't know. They were in a, a crappy show about uh, Texas Rangers. Can't can't even meme with with Surrey and Dangerous. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. Uh, when they, they don't push the earth, they don't they don't do push ups. They push the earth down. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah all those all the Chuck Norris jokes. I I also have a soft spot for Walker Texas Rangers. Don't at me. Uh, finally, Oscar, Oscar finally gets her win back on Natalia. As we recall, we were furious when Natalia pinned Oscar in a tag match 
two weeks ago, I believe it was. Yeah. Well, Oscar got her come up and kicked the crap out of Natalia and beat her one, two, three in the center of the ring. 50-50 booking. And that's all I got to say about Raw. Natalia needs to be a full-time coach. She needs to be done. It's ugly. It's mean. I love you, Natty. I watch all, all of your stuff on Divas. I'm a big fan. But I don't know if you can keep up with the current roster anymore. It just it it needs to it needs to stop. Agreed. Agreed. I, I, I want to say that in the nicest, most professional way that nope. I can. Nope. We're done with it. It's over. It's it sucks, and it it doesn't help anybody, and especially no. with someone like Oscar, who you want to keep strong. So at any point, you want to put her at the top of the card because you know she can work the top of the card. This is not going to help her. But at least she was the one that went over fight. Like they got the last word on this. At least. For now. Yeah. It's very obvious she's a very strong locker room leader for the women. It's very obvious that she is one of those role models that a lot of the new up-and-comers look up to. Fantastic. Uh, she's one of the few remaining remnants of... You're talking about Natalia? Natalia, Natalia. Okay. Of the Divas era. Um, so I, I just I want to make sure that we have all of this new blood ushering in. I don't want to do the same mistakes we've made in the past where we've held on to folks too long to... and the, you know. To have you pin Asuka, one of the biggest up-and-comers uh, of the last couple of years. I don't have the, the stats in front of me, but if anyone knows in the chat or, you know, we can do it later in their Facebook discussion group. I want to know how many times Asuka has been pinned clean since she's come to the main roster. Because it's a big deal. Including Every, submissions? Uh, no, pinned clean. But submissions as well, sure. I mean, beaten clean if you want. But I'm talking about, like, pinned one, two, three. Submissions, I believe it's Four. only been twice. So the, the, she tapped out at WrestleMania to Charlotte. I don't want to get into it now, so we got to get she going She tapped here out to Natty in the sharpshooter two weeks ago, and then I think there's two other times where she's been pinned. Yeah. It's like Not cool. a lot. In Not two a lot. years. Yeah. So very rarely. Yeah. But that does it for Raw, Nick. Uh, what else do we have to do today? Oh, well, we're done with Raw and Survivor Series stuff, but we're not done. We've got to head over and talk about New Japan. <laughs> Well, right now, we've got the Tag League going on over in New Japan. Have you been catching any of it, Nick? Not yet, no. I've oh. been busy editing, cutting videos. I hope you guys are enjoying those little snippets on the uh, on the YouTube, the tubes of you. Yeah, that's true. Give some love to Nick. He's been putting in some work on that. Thank you, guys. Thank uh, you. But you are missing out, Nick, because first of all, because your boy, Colt Cabana, is having boom, himself boom. He's having himself a, a tournament here. He and Toriyanu really? are tied for first place. What? They've, they've won three <laughs> matches and lost one. They're tied Are with you Tom serious? I'm deadly serious. They've been beating people right and left. They pinned Lance Archer. Toriyanu's beating everybody? Well, yeah, he's the great spoiler. You do this every time, dude. Toriyanu is the great. He's the master thief. He's the ace oh of thieves. He's the, he's the hidden ace of New Japan. He I beats dudes all the so much. time. In G1, he always comes out with a winning record because he just he's that good at cheating. And he beat Naito this year. I know he beat everybody. Uh, he did it again. I watched, uh, in particular, I watched the match. It was uh, Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer versus the two of them, and they ended up mm. pinning Lance Archer, like double pinning Lance Archer. It was beautiful. The whole thing. and then Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer both just went wild afterwards and killed Young Lions. Uh, glorious, just everything. I I've want. got a slow week this week. I need to catch up on some you, of these because you convinced me now. Yeah. There, it's beautiful. There's been a lot of really interesting action. Uh, a lot of storylines built. Including, speaking of Minoru Suzuki, uh, as I've mentioned before on the show, Nick, 
it's looking like he wants out of New Japan. His contract's up after Wrestle Kingdom. He stuck around because he wanted to do uh, that program with um, uh, with Liger. Jushin Liger, yeah. Yeah, and he may have a couple more things up his sleeve for Wrestle Kingdom or not. We don't know, but he does want to move on. If he does, of course, that leaves Suzuki-gun without a leader. Mm. Who would you guess would be taking over Suzuki-gun? Lance Archer. That would be incorrect. Um, he's 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 an uh, uh, he's an enforcer at best. He's uh, like a Zack Saber Junior. So that is the, that would be the conventional wisdom because Zack Saber Junior has been like kind of the godson. Is right? it still Suzuki Goon with no Suzuki? <laughs> no, it would change his name obviously to whoever yeah. takes over as the leader. But uh, right now it's looking like Taichi is going to be taking over Suzuki. Oh. In fact, Suzuki actually nominated him as the leader during the tag league here, where he actually said, "What do you guys think about Taichi Goon?" And, uh, of course, my stomach sank. It's like the worst possible timeline for me. Of course. But, um, but it, uh, it makes sense in storyline, um, even though it does kind of – it's like that's some – to me, dude, you know, you've got the prodigal son here, Zack Sabre Jr., and then you've got the guy that everything – like you should just never have be a leader of anything, and he's just awful. <laughs> this is some King Lear shit, dude. This is some, yeah, like, is. man in the iron mask shit, only it's the man with the iron glove. All right? Like, this is this – is, this is the worst timeline, the darkest timeline for your boy, Surrey and Dangerous here. Oh, Taichi no. could take over Suzuki-gun. All right, so this has got me sweating. Um, and I'm wondering if there is like a Suzuki-gun civil war once he leaves. So that's setting up, it's setting up some subtle stuff for later that I am very intrigued by and also really, really nervous about. But again, Toriyano Colt Cabana atop the standings, tied with Tomohiro Ishii and Yoshihashi, and David Finley and Juice Robinson. Would not have guessed that at all. Which is basically my way of saying... Actually, none of those three teams I would have ever said, <laughs> you know what, Ian, at the end of the, the tag league standings, it's going to be Toriyanu and Boom Boom, yeah. Ishii and Yoshihashi, and Finley and Robinson. I'd be like, yeah. you're out of your damn mind. Yeah, <laughs> well, this is, this is kind of Gato's booking, too. Is you know, If you look at it after a couple of shows, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> and then, of course, it all starts sorting itself out by the end. You see some comebacks from the major, the, the major teams and so forth. Um, but, yeah, this definitely... Oh, just, uh, oh, this is looking weird. <laughs> right behind them with four points is pretty much everybody else. This is what I'm saying. Like It's, it's not like they're, they've pulled ahead from everybody. They're only one match up. It's uh, like we they swerved as big. He's great. Gato swerved as big on the G one, and he's doing it all over again here. Yeah, because exactly. we're about halfway through the equivalent of the like the first half of the G one, and it, it, this is all going to flip on its head. And like, I don't know. Suzuki and also, and Archer are going to figure out how to win this thing somehow. Like crazy. the G one, yeah. we don't have matches between everybody every night, so some people right. haven't had enough matches to be up there. For instance, Evil and Sonata are in second place with four points. But they're only at two and zero, oh, whereas everyone with six points is at three and one. You know what I mean? So like, there's still plenty of room for people to have comebacks and everything. Uh, Evil and Sonata, Kenta and Yujiro Takahashi, Zack Saber Jr. and Taichi, uh, who had a, also had a great match with Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer. Saber uh, and Taichi is the interesting one in this list to me. It really is, but I don't think yeah. they're going to be a, especially if there is a Suzuki Gun Civil War after he leaves. If they're tag champs, that could be really interesting. Yep. Um, Hiroyoshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima have four points. Tanahashi and Hanare have four points. Togi Makabe, Tomoaki Hanma have four points. Hiroki mm. Goto, Carl Fredericks. Carl Fredericks, by the way, yo, if you've been sleeping on his dropkick, that dude has like Okada-level dropkick. I saw him pull one off in this, in this series that was like 
he was six feet in the air horizontal and on the button. <laughs> it was disgusting. Wow. It was beautiful. Uh, they have four points. Jeff Cobb, our boy Jeff Cobb and Mikey mm-hmm. Nichols, four points. And then down at the bottom with only two points, Tamatonga Tangaloa, the champs, only with two points. Suzuki and Archer with two points. Shingo Takagi and El Terrible with two points. Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens with two points. And poor Yuji Nagata and Manabu Nakanishi. I told you they were going to be here and to pull, put people over. I did not lie. They've lost all four matches they've been in, and they're at 0-4. I, <laughs> I, I mean, Suzuki and Archer and the Gorillas are both two wins away from being in first place. That's exactly. the crazy part here. Exactly. So it's still yeah. it's still wide the this hell This is open. anybody's game, league yeah. uh, uh, tournament right now. It is, except for Nagata and Nakanishi. Uh, except for them. <laughs> they're just... We're yeah, writing them. We're writing them off. So that is what's going on with the tag league. It's going on right now. Worth a shot checking out. Uh, it's yeah. It's not too late to catch up. You know, Kevin Kelly's really good at keeping you abreast of the ongoing storyline. So if you have that New Japan subscription, then mm-hmm. check out the tag league. It's actually a lot more entertaining. I, every, it, it does this to me every year where I'm like, ah, it's just the tag league, and then I start watching it. I'm like, no, this is awesome. This is such good stuff. So it's always entertaining. So yeah. that is what's happening in New Japan. Mr. Thank Nick. you very much. And guys, that's our show. Oh, no, wait. We're not done yet. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 This is going to get interesting. This is going to get very interesting, Nick. Uh, right off the top, I have to, let's see. The first thing about Tony Khan, uh, let's see. Yeah, so Tony Khan, I got a couple things about him today. Uh, one of the things I got to talk about is the fact that he and Randy Orton have been going at it on Twitter, uh, which, you know, on the surface is kind of fun. Uh, Randy called him uh, Jacksonville Dixie in reference to Dixie Carter, which I thought was that you know shots fired. And then uh, when uh, when Tony Khan fired back with a, with a tweet about uh, the wrestlers being stuck on a plane in Saudi Arabia. Randy Orton fired back with an old article about Tony Khan's dad and corruption charges in Saudi Arabia. And uh, Tony Khan fired back on that on Randy Orton by saying, that's great, Randy. That article was from bef- the, from a long time ago and has since been disproved. But since that time, you dropped the N-word on Twitch. So who should we really be talking about here? So they're going at it on Twitter, almost more entertaining than, some things, than things that are going on on their shows. Also... Uh, Tony Khan, no, excuse me, Tony Khan threw that line about the plane at CM Punk right. when Punk said that he was going to uh, be doing, that he was dangerous. Because Punk tagged everybody. He tagged Vince, he tagged Tony, he tagged yeah. uh, all, Booker T, everybody. Yes. So, I'm going to light the world on fire, CM Punk style, you know. I'm going to change, I'm, I'm not here to, I'm here to change the culture. I'm not, you know, just when they think that they've changed the the questions I'm going to change the culture or something like that. Pipe bomb was like five, six years ago. It was a long time ago, dude. Just which, let it go. <laughs> which actually leads me to my next thing, which is people are already talking about the fact that no one's talking about CM Punk. We're talking more about the fact that no one cares that CM Punk came back than we are about the fact that CM Punk came back. Everyone's kind of like, oh, CM Punk's back. <laughs> All right, on to the next thing. And then everyone kind of stopped and went, wait, no one's talking about what CM Punk's going to do. So that, to me, is almost a story in and of itself, is the fact we'll that... We'll find everyone, out tonight, uh, here in a couple hours. You know what? Honestly, like it, he's going to have to come on that show and light some serious fires yeah. for people to give a crap. Because a lot of people are over him. I think that um, you know, some of his personality issues and attitude that came out 
since he left WWE. Um, not winning his MMA matches, I think, really hurt his credibility. Uh, uh, there's been a lot of uh, there's a lot of negative feelings towards CM Punk right now, or just you know not even negative, but just don't care. You know what I mean? It, it, there's a yeah. lack of relevance there right now. He needs to come back and make himself relevant on this show. I think there's a pretty good chance he can if he starts really dropping some patented pipe bombs on this show. And it uses the show as a platform to try and get more workers' rights or good storylines or whatever. Then we could, you know, people could get reinvested in him. But right now, things are not looking good for CM Punk's popularity. Uh, I'm, I'm withholding judgment right now until I want to see his first show tonight, 11 Eastern, backstage on FS1. If you guys want to tune in, uh, yep. I think it's like Channel 400 on Spectrum. If you yep. guys are watching. Yeah, no. Uh, Andy Jessup in the ch- in the chat, Champ Champ said uh, he was a ratings grab that backfired. Uh, I think again, as you said, it's wait and see. Yeah. Um, Skeptically I, optimistic. It could also be <laughs> where the ratings don't immediately improve, but the second that he starts opening his mouth and saying some crazy shit, those ratings could go right back up. Or yep. not, people might just want to see the clips on YouTube and the ratings still stay stagnant. Then they're not like trying to see it as it happens. Yeah, we'll they see. Shouldn't bur- they shouldn't bury this thing on FS1. Like the, if we saw the ratings crater on that episode that went to FS1 during the World Series. This should be something that they're either doing on the network or live streaming it to YouTube. Like, look at AEW Dark and NWA Power right now. I don't know why they're not making this backstage program just live on the internet. Or simulcast. Doesn't make any sense. Simulcast on sure. the internet, something. Sure. Uh, we mentioned earlier that we're going to be seeing that we we don't know where that Pete Dunn, Damian Priest, Killian Day, and Triple Threat's going to happen. They keep switching where it's going to be. Uh, it's possibly, a Saturday at Survivor Series now. Well, they the contender Saturday on Takeover. And then, and then Adam Cole's match defending his championship will be on Survivor Series, which is wild. They're, but it seems like they're still changing it moment to moment. It, it switched three times today, Nick. I was trying to keep yeah. up on this on my notes, and I've got like I had to erase this multiple times. Uh, we do know, however, one match that is set for NXT. Hold on to your nipples, Nick. Revival is getting a shot at Undisputed Era on NXT TV. <laughs> So you were you were pissed off. They weren't in that Survivor Series match. It yeah, I'm looks, okay now. You're you're feeling better now, buddy. Yeah, I'm okay now. Okay, yeah, Red Dragon and, <laughs> and Revival, we're good. Let, yep, let's do it. Uh, I'm glad. Forget everything I said before. <laughs> uh, well done, WWE. You talked Nick yes. off the ledge. Thank you for listening yes. to him. Uh, I, I need him for the show. Uh, also, Oni Lorkin is now officially Biff Busick. We mentioned this last week that he shut down his Twitter and renamed it and started over again. It looked like it looks like it's official, Nick. He is asked for his release from WWE. He's going to do some progress dates as Biff Busick, and after that, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if WWE is going to be nice and let him go, or they're they're going to sideline him, or if he's only going to work for the independent companies that are associated with WWE, like Evolve and Progress, or what. But it looks like Oni Lorcan does want out of WWE. It honestly kind of makes sense. He wasn't. That he reached his potential. There was nothing else really for him to do. Yeah, yeah. Really, he I mean, got about him, as high as he was going to go. Yep. He, uh, I thought they were going to make a run with him in the cruiserweights uh, there for a minute, but it nah. didn't go anywhere. No, nah. I, I, this he's a guy who can go on the indies and, and be a star in the indies. Yeah, uh, easily create a bit more of a character and end up in AEW. So yep. uh, Nick, <coughs> Biff Music to AEW. You heard it here first. Some news from Impact. Uh, we do know that Taya Valkyrie looks to be on her way out of Impact. Uh, December, there will Told be you. a pay-per-view. If we ever actually get to see John Morrison, because he did sign a WWE contract. He did, 
or is he waiting for his wife to show up at the same time as a package deal? So that is, that is a bit of the speculation right now. If Taya drops that title to Jordan Grace at Hard to Kill, you can pretty much guarantee she'll be following her husband over Heard to it WWE. Here first. E. Uh, I think a lot of people are speculating that right now. Yeah, I think we all expect that's the case. <laughs> also, the contract up soon, Brian Cage. I have a feeling Impact will make a play to keep him around. He's been a very yeah. big part of Impact. But there's another guy that could go a lot of places and do a lot of things. Wildly talented, can do pretty much everything, uh, and definitely, and also a really cool guy too. So, yeah, yeah, really nice dude. Speaking of walking muscles, by the way, you think Bobby yeah. Lashley's jacked? Yeah, <laughs> cute, cute kid too. Yeah, and uh, wife ain't hard on the eyes either. Uh, speaking of which, Tessa Blanchard has. We are speculating about eight months left on her contract. Uh, it has been pretty much explicitly stated that stated that she is the number one or number two. Uh, most important piece in Impact. They're going to do anything they can that. to keep her. I mean, it's been pretty much has been said by the uh, Impact brass that she is like their most important commodity. So don't be surprised to see her get strapped with that world championship sometime soon. Even if she doesn't win it uh, uh, the first with Sammy Callahan, they got about eight months to make her happy and make her feel like she is that brand. So basing their brand around her I think it's actually a pretty smart move on their part. So don't be surprised yep. to see uh, to, to see uh, Tessa Blanchard as the first ever world heavyweight championship of a uh, champion of a semi-major uh, production. So also in uh, in indie news, Ring of Honor just had Flamita sign a one-year contract. Very interesting. He's going to join mm. Rush over there. Although Rush may be on his way out, we'll see. But uh, Flamita is a great acquisition. Super talented guy. So curious to see what they do with him. Uh, please don't bungle him, Ring of Honor. He's really good. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up in my notes real quick. Uh, so Eric Bischoff has his own uh, podcast, and uh, on and out he has an after show for that podcast. And on that after show for the podcast, he talked about the fact that he was at a roast of Tony Schiavone. And at this roast, I'm trying to pull up who was uh, who was roasting who here, and my notes just aren't loading because internet. But uh, oh, here it is. Uh, so on the 83 weeks post show with Christy Olson, Bischoff says, uh, "Oh, is Mark Madden?" He says, "Right at the beginning of this thing, everybody's seated." Mark Madden opens up and he goes, "Hey, look over there, Tony Khan, the money mark." How many executive vice presidents do you have in your company anyway? Apparently, Tony took exception to that and got up and left. So, uh, and Eric Bischoff goes on to say, I could have, I guess, had an opportunity to meet Tony Khan, but Mark Madden fucked it up for me. And by me telling the story, I probably just effed it up for myself, but whatever. So apparently, Tony Khan, a little bit thin-skinned when it comes to the roasts. Eric Bischoff still likes shoveling the dirt. Uh, uh, I, I don't read too much into this. No, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fun little story. Yeah, I just don't... I, I For Khan to go to a roast and then to walk out when you get roasted, it's kind of, that's kind of the point of the whole thing. Why even go in the first place, Why are, one? You know you're going to go. I don't, I don't fault you for just distancing yourself from Bischoff and that ilk, frankly. I don't you know, know just, if he had the opportunity to distance himself from Bischoff. He, did it, he distanced himself from Mark Madden. 
Yeah, well, that that too. So, I mean, why even show up in the first place, dude? You're you're hitting it on all cylinders right now with AEW. Just keep doing you. Like, why are you doing this stuff? Yeah, but again, this 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 calls back to his uh, the Twitter feud I was just talking about with Randy and and CM Punk. It's like, dude, don't walk into a roast if you're thin skinned. Don't take shots on Twitter unless you're ready for people to shoot back. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, this is looking like like Tony. They, someone's got to shut down Tony Khan. From social media for a little. Remember, bit. we were saying that about Seth a couple months ago. <laughs> like, dude, somebody some, get Seth off social media. <laughs> some people shouldn't be on social media, says the man who has beef with Jericho on social media. Yes. Uh, Cody, speaking of AEW, Cody just got trademarks. Nick, um, he just trademarked Bash at the Beach, and he just trademarked Dusty Roads, which is Hello. very interesting. So that means that. So what that means as far as what WWE can use and can't use, we don't know. Will we be seeing a Bash at the Beach pay per view coming out of AEW? Probably. 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 So, uh, yeah, that's that's very interesting. Waiting to see when he uses those. And finally, in the news, this is what I was referring to earlier when I said I had to do a little bit of investigative journalism, sir. So this, is, uh, this might be news to a lot of you. Uh, David Lagana recently posted an apology for something that was said on this last week's episode of NWA Power by, of course, you guessed it, Mr. Controversy himself, Jim Cornette who on the one hand is probably one of the greatest wrestling minds alive right now, and on the other hand is just a hateful, horrible person who can't stop saying awful things and being just a general curmudgeon. Well, Cornette said on the show, and I need to stress that I'm quoting here, he said, Trevor Murdoch is the only person who can strap a bucket of fried chicken to his back and ride a motor scooter across Ethiopia. So, yeah, Lagana had to apologize for that on Twitter, unsurprisingly. Wonder how many more of these uh, Cornettes got in him before they finally go, you know, maybe Cornette could be backstage a yeah, little. Yeah, we're kind of tired of that. Maybe, maybe he could be backstage. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, the other day I was on Twitter, and I saw that David Lagana retweeted a post I found particularly interesting and uh, was kind of alarmed by. Unfortunately, I had to shut down my Twitter and do stuff. And when I went back, the tweet had been taken down. And I had to actually go through some, some other channels and find this retweet because apparently he took heat for it, but not so much that people really saw it or paid attention to it. Not, nothing was really made out of this because too few people saw this. Um, only, like, and the tweet was, uh, he, he retweeted and with, with arrows pointing to the tweet, with hands pointing to the tweet, uh, it was a tweet by uh, Gad Saad uh, who said, every single area of human excellence that had been governed by an ethos of meritocracy is being parasitized by the cancerous ethos of diversity, inclusion, and equity, or DIE religion. This applies to sports, science, literature, philosophy, art, etc. Individual excellence must be murdered in order to elevate marginalized groups. Sorry, Charles Darwin, Leonardo da Vinci, Bertrand Russell, and Lionel Messi. You are disgusting white men. Step aside and allow the voices of people of color to shine. In the case of the NFL and the NBA, though, all is good. Uh, yeah, so I don't want to get into Joe Rogan territory here, Nick. But on yeah. the surface, so when I saw that, on the surface to me, I was like, that reads like a white supremacist manifesto. And again... Not trying to get into a political discussion here. Not trying to get into any kind of philosophical or ethical discussion here. Merely how it came across to me on the surface. I was like, wow, that's, mm, 
that maybe you shouldn't have retweeted. And sure enough, you took it down real quick, but I never saw a retraction for it, never saw an apology for it, never saw an explanation for why David Lagana thought it was appropriate to highlight that particular tweet. So for those that don't know, who is David Lagana and why do we care about what he says? He's one of the executives at NWA. He's basically the guy that runs NWA now for Billy Corgan, who also has his own strange Alex Jonesian political beliefs. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm I'm just saying, I I have not had a chance for this particular segment. I have not had a chance to reach out to David Lagana to actually see if he wants to comment on this. And full disclosure, I have not reached out to him for this. Um. But his actions were to take down that tweet, as I said, very quickly. Uh, and, yeah, that's pretty much all I have on this right now. It's a developing story that I, I just actually got the tweet from before we went on air today, uh, which is why I put it way down here in the end of the show. Something I found very interesting. Um, I don't know if Lagana thought more. Like, he, like, on the surface, he thought this was like, huh, yeah. You know, people should be thought of more for their for their merits and not for the color of their skin. And that just didn't think about it <laughs> and posted it and then went back later and went, oh, wait, that's totally out of the white supremacist manifesto. Uh, maybe I should take that down. I don't know what happened. But the fact of the matter is David Lagana did retweet this and then later took it down. Those are so, the facts. And that is the news. So a little aside on Twitter. Um, it, it's about the most toxic place on the planet right now. It really is. You're not going to find a lot of civil discourse on Twitter, especially in the wrestling community. Um, tried, I mean, politics is even worse. I mean, we, we tend to keep things pretty sane in the tech world that I mostly live in, that little bubble. Uh, but, but it's mostly, you know, it, it's very inclusive. It's very California. It's very, you know, Pacific Northwest for the most part. But I, I think there's a – the rule I want to say here is don't be a dick. That, that's just the golden rule. That's Nick's golden rule of life. It is my golden rule of life. And before you hit submit on a post or send that tweet, ask yourself, am I being a dick? That's the problem with this is I could see how this could be confusing. Like who am I being a dick to with this and not see it right away? Because you're, you know, so, again, okay, don't get devil's political. advocate. Was he simply pointing at this, trying to draw attention to it, not saying that I agree with this? Was he trying to go, hey, did you guys see that this this got tweeted? Why would he be I, retweeting an eth- uh, an ethno philosopher when he's a uh, a wrestling executive? I agree. Just saying, agree. like, yeah. So, just people interesting. In, people in power don't need to be on Twitter. Just do your job and don't be a dick. <laughs> let let people let there will be plenty of people out there talking about you doing all kinds of stuff on Twitter. I get it. You think it's cool that you want to be uh, interfacing with the fans, but that never ends well. Yeah. Look I mean, it is, it is it is what what is the real Look at golden Seth rule? Rollins. What is the real golden rule Nick is do, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. No wonder you like the the forgotten sons. Do unto others is their motto. And here you are yeah. saying don't be a dick, which is essentially a a modern more uh emphatic version of that so yeah there we go ladies and gentlemen we will we leave you with this this positive note nick's words don't be, of wisdom. A, dick. Don't be a dick don't be a dick don't be a dick to guys me. that's our show for tonight thank you very much for be hanging excellent. out with us be excellent, be excellent to, to each, each other. that's a more modern 
Twitter version of be excellent to each other is is really what that is. <laughs> One of the greatest movies of all time. It is. It is. Uh, so crates. That's all I can think so of. Crates. So crates. Dust. Wind. Dude. Guys, that's our show for tonight. Thanks for hanging out with us. As always, come over and hit up Facebook. Because uh, Search for Busted Wide Open. Like our page and join, send us a join request to get into the group where you will find all kinds of goodness, uh, wrestling-related and other, as well as a link to our Discord community, which you absolutely want to be in for this weekend as we get into TakeOver War Games and Survivor Series as we're going to have live chats all weekend for all of this stuff. In addition, we also have live chats for all of the shows happening throughout the week as we head towards the weekend, including AEW Dark, including NWA Power, and a brand new channel at the request of the Phenomenal Ones for any indies conversation. So we have dedicated channels for just about everything going on in there. You want to be in our Discord, I promise, whether you're fans of the show or not, or whether you listen to us or not, it's a great community for wrestling chatter and watch parties for all of the content coming out week after week uh so you can find a link to that at the top of all of our social media profiles and you, can also Dan, find a, you don't have oh. to worry about moderator jared coming after spoiler posts over there he's right, on a rampage exactly. yeah sheriff sheriff mcdonald will come get you if you post them constable jared oh mcdonald will come get you <laughs> if you post them spoilers in the discussion group get don't off do my it. facebook me. <laughs> uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast, streaming live right here on YouTube every thir- Thursday, every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern <laughs> and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Bust- uh, YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and tickle-, tickle the little notification bell so that you get notified every time we put up new content or go live. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying all the new little clips and videos. Please share. Share those and like them so that we can hit the algorithms and get some more hits and likes and subscriptions. We are on the race to 1,000 subscribers and trying to hit that by the end of the year. We're about 40% of the way there. we got about six weeks left, I think, till WrestleMania. I don't know. Steiner math again. Anyway, we're trying to get there by the end of the year because we might have a fun surprise for you guys if we do. So YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. You're also missing out on some awesome live chat every single time we do a live stream here. So mm. have... How, I'm going to turn up the FOMO a little bit so you guys are missing out uh, on all the live chat happenings. And for all of you in the live chat, thank you guys for always being there and keeping things lively in the chat for us as we do all of these shows. Last but certainly not least, hashtag thank you patrons. Today is Patreon Thanks yes. Day. Thank you guys so much. If you guys would like to get in on that and, I don't know, participate in the BWO Pick'em's Challenge going yeah. on for Survivor Series this weekend, you need to head over to... You need to go to patreon.com slash BWO and sign up for at least that $5 monthly tier where you get access to the ability to ask listener questions every single week for our new patron mailbag series, copies of the show notes for every episode uh, every week, and uh, the ability at the $10 tier, you can get bonus episodes, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Surrey and Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Surrey and Dangerous. But my God! Don't be a dick. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.